Welcome to The Evidence-Based Therapist, where we read so you don't have to. Here you'll find clinicians and researchers discussing cutting-edge research from the embodied relational sciences, explaining why and how people work together to find healing. Welcome back to The Evidence-Based Therapist, where we read so you don't have to, but we'd love it if you did. Love it. If you did. Love it if you did. Also, another, we introduced footnotes a couple of sessions ago, so footnote yeah. from the title down to the bottom. Down to the bottom of the page. Because this is a special release, yeah. I think it's important to add an insertion of welcome to your ability to get involved. Wow. Dot, dot, dot. That's an intimate, yeah, yeah. I would like to add another one of, um, <laughs> if we're just like adding them. Yeah, uh, I think we should. Yeah. Where we read, so you don't have to, but we'd love it if you did. Welcome to your introduction. Welcome to your introduction. Your invitation, invitation to, get, to involved. get involved. And you can do your own research as well. And we'll talk about it. Because we'll that's what we're here to do today. <laughs> that's what we're here to do today. That was the whole point. End of, of title. End of title. Begin first paragraph. So we're here today with Andrea Gray. That's um, me. Hi. That's, that's you <laughs> over there. Um, and we're here to talk about some original research that Andrea is actively uh, conducting. And it has, just spoiler alert, it has an invitation for you as the listener to get involved and to actually participate in Andrea's survey, if you'd like. Completely anonymous, uh, obviously, and all your informed consent will be involved. Of in course. The, yes, of Always. course. Always. Of course, yes. <laughs> yes, but uh, welcome, Andrea, to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, this is super exciting. So I'd love to just hear a little bit about you uh, for the listeners yeah. as well. And this is a really cool opportunity that many participants of a research study don't really get mm-hmm. to hear like from the researcher and why they're interested in what they're interested in, what the variables are. So yeah, just like take yeah, it away. For sure. Um, yeah, so my name is Andrea. I just graduated uh, from Drury University with a um, degree in clinical and behavioral neuroscience. So quite the mouthful. Um, I say that's a, that's a fancy name for spicy psychology. Spicy psychology. Much. That's yeah. fantastic. I like it. Yeah. You and, just say a degree in spicy Exactly. Spicy. Exactly. <laughs> um, and with minors in biology and advanced scientific analysis. Um, so I, um, as an undergraduate student, kind of, I knew from the beginning I wanted to do psychology, um, but I kind of started out with art therapy and then moved a little bit more into the biological side of things. I really liked that aspect of it. But what really, I think, got me interested in, I guess, more of the biological and the neuroscience aspect was I started working at a substance abuse recovery center a couple years back and um, while I was there I had never realized before the impact that trauma had on um, individuals not just with dealing with substance abuse but just anyone with uh, mental health you know issues and stuff like that so I kind of started to do some more research into that um, I read the book, The Body Keeps the Score, one of, my favorites, nice. one of yeah. my favorites, um, and What then, did you like about that book? Oh my gosh. Well, first Just of like all, real yeah, story. yeah. <laughs> no, I loved how, um, Dr. What is it? Vander Kolk. Vander Kolk yeah. yeah. Um, he, I loved how he incorporated so much of his own experience with patients into the book. Um, it really made it so that like everyone 
was able to read it. You know, I had a psychology background, but even if you didn't, you, you, could, pick it you up. could pick it up and it yeah. would be interesting. Yeah. Um, and it really talked about like the holistic ways that, you know, you can help cope with trauma and stuff like that. Yeah. And the ways I think one of the things that I took from that book is the ways that we really need to be working with yeah. trauma. That yeah. just, you know, talk therapy in a top-down kind right. of approach is not going to really it's address. Kind of, we're working right now, I think, with by putting a Band-Aid over things instead of actually, mm. yeah. you know, working to heal. Yeah. But um, so, you know, from reading that book, I then um, also was in a biopsychology class with Dr. Luttrell. Yes, yes. <laughs> and um, that also, we talked more about trauma there. So... That really got me interested into the field of trauma, and that's kind of where I'm focusing as I go into grad school next semester. Um, I will be at Missouri State um, in a master's of clinical psych program. Yeah, yeah, that's the jury is the same place. That was the same exact degree that yeah. I have, and spicy uh, psychology. Spicy psychology. <laughs> I, I didn't even know they've updated their language yeah. since. Then. Yeah, you need to go get a new diploma. Yeah, yeah, and it needs to say spicy psychology yeah, instead of. Clinical and we'll update the slideshow. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. We need to update the slideshow. Spicy psychology. And so this research project that you're doing now is a part of your kind of capstone graduation project. Sort of. So I actually had done a totally different research project my junior year for my a class. Um, and I liked that so much. I just had to keep going. Had so, a double dip. Yeah, exactly. It's like another go. That's what happens exactly. with spicy psychology. You I'm really get uh, yeah. drawn in. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then um, last, last fall semester, just for my senior sim class, we had to do um, a research proposal didn't you didn't have to carry it out or anything like that but like once again just couldn't Can't stop help you yeah. know so um, you're gonna do the work to design exactly it. i wrote the 20 page literature review might as well so i'm gonna do this keep going yeah. full send yeah um and so i finished that and part of it was because dr utley my professor just nudged kept, you oh she she didn't nudge she full-on <laughs> shoved me she was like Every day, you have to. every day, we're doing this, right? We're doing so. Next semester, <laughs> the next semester, we got uh, we did a directed study together. We started the IRB process, um, everything like that, and we finally got approval to conduct it. And that's what we're doing now. Yeah. So, do you have any questions well, yet? I just love the uh, subtle and not so subtle invites of researchers. Oh yeah. That when they get their like, like appetite wet, yeah. Like, it yeah, has to happen. <laughs> which is like in a way like what this whole channel, uh, this, this whole, whole podcast, podcast is about is like, you know, just a subtle invite that may not be so subtle. Like after, yeah, when we said like where we read, so you don't have to. It wasn't very long before we said like you should. Though. Yeah. You should. <laughs> it's misleading, really. Yeah, it really is. It's not. It's inauthentic to say that where we read, so you don't have but to. It's hard to tell people that once you've been bitten by the research bug, you will. You will never stop. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's not believable. It's an insatiable desire. I wouldn't have believed it as a freshman in yeah. college. Yeah. When did, when, <laughs> let's carry the, when, when would you say you were bitten by the research bug? <laughs> you know, uh, I think I started to feel it's, it's, it's uh, effects. affects my, probably, probably in my, the end of my sophomore, beginning of junior year. That was the equivalent yeah. of in Spider-Man where he like yeah. knocks over the train. He like kind of passes it. out for a little while there and then go. wakes up in a sweat. Yeah. I woke up in that sweat probably. Probably like, like yeah. sophomore year. <laughs> yeah. Into junior year. Into junior year, yeah. That's it. Hopefully and some listeners are 
feeling seen. Yeah. <laughs> woken up to the power. Back to it's like there's and that scary like moment when you're in the coffee shop doing your homework and you like find yourself actually enjoying it. <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh man, no. I am a nerd now. <laughs> I'm a full on This nerd. is who I am. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have hopefully somebody, which it sounds like Dr. Adley was for you, yeah. where they say the just echoingly famous words of Peter Parker's grandfather yeah. that with great with great power comes great responsibility. Great responsibility. You yeah. now have to. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so what led you to like this study specifically? Yeah. Like, what are you working with? So um, talking about, you know, I got interested in trauma and everything like that. And it had been brought up in a few of my classes, um, ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experiences, the scale that had been designed. Um, and it, I started to do a little bit of research on my own on that because that was super interesting to me. And it's not something that you hear about, you know, when you talk about health issues or anything like that. But, you know, it turns out that ACEs are one of the leading factors, um, you know, indicating you might develop other serious like health conditions, yeah. like heart disease, cancer, that kind of thing. Really strong correlations. Yeah, very strong correlations. And um, so that was super interesting because, you know, when you go to the doctor, you don't, they don't say, have you taken, most don't have you take an ACEs score. I think they're starting to, some are incorporating yeah. it, but thanks the to most, the research. Exactly. Thanks to the research. <laughs> the bug. That they read. Uh -oh. Yeah. That they read. That's right. Um, <laughs> Those doctors, they, they do like their research, <laughs> thankfully, do. but you got to yeah. get it in front of them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I started to do a little bit more research on that, but as I was doing that research, I realized that there really wasn't a lot of research on how these ACEs impact adult relationships and what that looks like. Specifically, I was interested in divorce rates um, because a lot of what ACEs is is kind of coming from that broken family system, and it's just a cycle you know, that keeps repeating itself, but... There wasn't a lot looking at relationship, how that could possibly affect your adult relationships. Um, so real, yeah. real quick, with I'm curious what kind of led your intuition to be curious about the yeah. intersection of what had kind of been relegated to physiological implications mm -hmm. of traumatic experience. Yeah. What made your mind say, I think there might be an interpersonal link mm -hmm. here? Yeah, well, you know, I think seeing when I was at the uh, substance abuse recovery center so many of probably I would like dare say every one of the women that went through those doors um had tra trauma in their past had adverse childhood experiences and um I also asked them I would ask everyone that went through there like what was the most helpful thing that they mm. did while they were at and they I would say like 90% of them said EMDR mm. Um, and so just, you know, since that's such a trauma based yeah. uh, therapy and everything that kind of leads me to believe, you know, that there, there's such an impact with trauma on, um, mm -hmm. your future mental health. And I, you know, I saw with these women, their future relationship, yeah. sat like satisfaction and healthiness. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that this whole process yeah. that, that you, we're kind of talking about right now, like even just for the listener, it's such a. I don't know, like when you're first playing around with your like variable of interest, like you mm -hmm. started with aces, like that was kind of the first light bulb moment that said, oh, maybe there's maybe there's the breadcrumb trail mm -hmm. in understanding trauma, right. like what effects trauma has, the ace 
assessment kind of might be there to help us see some of this. And so as you're kind of poking around as a researcher, you're kind of just going through the databases, seeing like what's there. So when you said like you started to look into what was out there, you didn't find much on relationships and adverse childhood Mm -hmm. experiences. And I I did find a little bit on ACEs and like attachment styles and stuff like that. So I've also incorporated that into my study. We are looking at attachment styles as well because that has been shown to have a correlation with um, relationships and that kind of thing. So Caleb, what do you make of the the link between ACEs and interpersonal dynamics? Yeah, my brain was going, well, first off, just loving the ACEs study as kind of the first expansion of the definition of trauma. Mm. I think ACEs was really foundational in saying, what if our later experiences in life of heart disease, um, kidney failure, all of these different internal bodily experiences are correlated with adverse childhood experiences and what we would then go on to expand into trauma. Yeah, And I love then you scale it from beginning of life, early childhood experiences to saying, oh my God, there's some breadcrumbs at the end of life yeah. that can be very much correlated with these early childhood experiences. And then looking at what's the path to get How there? did we get there? How did we yeah. get to the end yeah. of life where we're still, quote unquote, carrying the score of what these traumas did to us yeah. um, in our body. And so then looking at attachment styles would make tons of sense of, you know, we think of, we've talked about memories of fear, Patricia Crittenden's work of, mm-hmm. you know, when you start a new family of your own, the amount of port keys or ghosts that can haunt that experience that are like your brain using old templates of, mm-hmm. hey, this is what family is like. Yeah. And those kind of get reawoken in a marriage. And then suddenly the person is thrust into an experience of trying to make sense of old templates, new templates of quote-unquote family and relationships yeah to me it makes tons of sense yeah Um, i'm fascinated with what you guys will find yeah Yeah. i'm excited yeah Mm -hmm. yeah the within the research on aces one of the things that has always really piqued my interest is the resilience Mm, element of okay so we have these super strong correlations that and not just with health experiences, but also with you know our socioeconomic status, with our attachment style, with our education mm-hmm. level. Like there's some strong correlations there as well. So how do you account for those that are different than what the research would, you know, kind of lead one to believe they might experience? Why do they, you know, seem to be buffered from these adverse childhood experiences and the impact that they've had on other people? And I'm curious. Uh, even for you of like, as you're looking at relationships, mm-hmm. what did you, what are you expecting to find, I guess? So we, uh, Dr. Ali and I, we, you know, when looking at it, we are, have incorporated a lot of other factors as well. So we're kind of doing a comparison um, of predictors. Um, so we have, you know, we included socioeconomic status. Mm-hmm. Um, we included, a bunch of different elements, uh, demographic factors, that kind of thing, um, that have in the past shown to predict uh, be predictors of late relationship satisfaction. Mm-hmm. So what our hypothesis was was that basically um, adverse childhood experiences will be a better predictor than all of those that have been shown. Um, for relationship satisfaction for, specifically? or for, for divorce rates and relationship satisfaction. Okay, so both. Both, yeah. Okay. Um, 
And we originally weren't even going to include the relationship satisfaction scale, but... I'm so glad you did. I'm so glad I did too. Um, Because... Even just like on like sizing up those variables, I think like having taught research methods as well, one of the things that I'm always wanting to push people Mm -hmm. a little bit past is just this correlational data that says... Yeah, turns out there's a positive correlation, <laughs> yeah. you know, between number of aces and their likelihood to be divorced. Right. Okay. Like exactly. What do you make of that? Um, you can't really know much based on how you set up mm-hmm. the study in the first place. But adding a second, yes, uh, a second variable like relationship satisfaction, you can really deepen mm-hmm. your understanding of that first correlation that you discover. Well, and you know, it started out almost just as a safety net in case we couldn't find divorced people. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, and then I think it's kind of grown into a whole nother, you know, look what we're looking at. Major and, pillar of the yeah, study. Yeah, exactly. So that was that's kind of cool how that shape shifted and everything. Yeah. Well, and looking at attachment styles and thinking of divorce rates can be very heavily impacted by mm-hmm. whether someone is preoccupied or dismissive and Mm -hmm. maybe whether they're willing to stay in a relationship Mm -hmm. and be dissatisfied Mm -hmm. and there may be some connections and moderating factors oh yeah that's super awesome for sure for sure yeah Yeah. it's not as black and white no never is never is is. yeah so what was it like to set up the study how did you do that you know it really it wasn't too bad we um have a few different um scales on there that we've used some well-known uh, surveys and stuff like that. We have the Rosenberg, or no, that was my last study. Oh my gosh, I'm oh. getting it all messed up. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so we obviously have the ACEs. Um, it's the the Kaiser uh, study. Kaiser Permanente. Yes, yeah. Permanente. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never know how to say that. Yeah, yeah, Kaiser Permanente. That's it's how like I, you, I always lean on yeah. I know. Well, when we like do it, whenever it's like when you read a word like in your head when you're reading an article and you're like, I don't know that word. I just go, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep going. going. Yeah. So <laughs> what you're saying, yeah. Um. So uh, we've got that. We've got a. <laughs> I was just thinking. Sorry. My mind is stuck on. Uh, there was a time in my life where uh, I thought the word preface was preface. Yeah. I I would share that as well. I'm it's like, preface. I've just learned that it's not. It's not. You don't say preface. <laughs> okay. Preface. 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 The preface yeah. to a sentence, not the preface to a sentence. Okay. Etymologically, though, if we're going to get down to it. Let's go ahead. Let's <laughs> break it apart. Let's get that. This isn't a psychology. Preface yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah. This anyway. isn't a psychology right. podcast anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> and it's really interdisciplinary. So we, yeah. can, we spin up yeah, with word parts. And, English, yeah. yeah. There we go. Anyway. So. <laughs> yes. The Kaiser uh, Permanente aces yeah. scale yeah um uh, we've got the bartholomew um the relation or uh not relationship that's the attachment style yeah, yeah, yeah. one mm-hmm. um i think there's also a second person with a mule and Holcomb, i think is yeah. um and then we've also got a, a relationship satisfaction questionnaire do you remember on that? Sorry, yeah. my mind works so slow sometimes. Do you remember what type of attachment, like how it's measuring that? So it it's it's very, they're all very short surveys, um, and but they've got you know great reliability and validity. But the uh, attachment styles it basically lists out four different um, four different sayings like 
I feel comfortable being close to people and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then you so you're supposed to check which one most relates to you. And then there's a second part to it where um you rank them by you rank each uh of those four mm-hmm. choices uh by how much you relate to that statement. Yeah. Um what do you make of that measure? Uh, I mean, to me it feels very categorical, but mm-hmm. like I've heard of those very brief uh, inventories before. I have no idea about the kind of the validity or how they're categorizing. Yeah. With, and Andrea, just for your kind of context, we come from a lot of attachment and childhood Mm -hmm. psych, like kind of um, research background. And so for when we start talking about attachment, and I'm sure you're, you've come across this as well. There's like the categories of secure and insecure right. and then the differentiation there with the insecures. One of the ways that we conceptualize attachment is on a spectrum mm-hmm. throughout the lifespan. Right. And so one of the things that I actually like about this assessment, though, is that it's not as – to me, it's not as choppy as some other uh, brief assessments where it's like trying to determine whether you're secure or insecure. It actually has a fair bit of projective – kind of identification in how you're saying like I love the the scaling mm-hmm. and then rating the scaled questions. Yeah. That mm-hmm. kind of pulls out that internal working model of I feel, you know, your example of uh I feel comfortable being close to people is that the example yeah. you gave? Yeah. Um so I feel like 20% in agreement or mm-hmm. I can't remember how it mm-hmm. rates that. But then when you look at the questions as a whole, you're starting to force internal conflict within yourself to well, rate. And it is interesting because looking at, you know, some of the responses, you'll get people who um, will say one thing and then down in the, you know, where they rate it, they'll have two very different answers yeah, high up on the scale. That's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Good, good stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's good I'm stuff. I'm thinking of the reason AAI, the adult attachment mm-hmm. review, is an interview is because yes. the uh, Mary Main and Mary Ainsworth were looking for how they're forming the speech patterns right. yeah. to actually like reveal their strategy. The dialogic so corollaries, yeah, yeah. So yeah. then it's very it's hard sometimes in just a basic Likert scale to get an accurate representation of the Tasha style because you're you're actually getting the strategy presentation, yeah. not the underlying but I mechanism. Love the internal conflict yeah. seeking. For the system to have some ruffle between yeah. its strategy and... Yeah. Well, for, I actually looked into that um, as well, the attachment interview. But, you know, for the purposes of the study, it was yeah, just... not it practical. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. practical. $5,000 training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to exactly. that. Yeah. yeah. Dr. Rutley didn't want to do it that bad. Right. <laughs> She's like, okay. I know I was, like, pushing. But, like, maybe come back. The bug was strong, but it wasn't. Like, yeah. come, back, come back over here. It wasn't a radioactive spider. Right. Yeah, cool. no. But... You know, for for the listeners, a lot of, and Andrew, just for your kind of context, there's so many people, uh, like a wide range listening to this podcast, Mm -hmm. some who have never done original research. They've only read articles and, uh, you know, there's there's that population. And then on the other side, there's people who have done many, many studies. Mm -hmm. So in talking to this audience, you know, there's there's so much to me, just like precious experience that you're bringing as a researcher Mm -hmm. Um, talking to people about how do you even start asking meaningful questions mm-hmm. of variables? Yeah. Like you think there's a relationship between our adverse childhood experiences and our relationship satisfaction and likelihood for divorce. How do you go about mm-hmm. measuring that? You know, how yeah. do you actually set up a testable hypothesis and 
right carry out a study yeah 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 i mean like the big thing for me i think is like don't just brush questions to the side you know if i think of a question i don't pull out google and start looking it up and you know yeah um and i think that's like the biggest that was the biggest part i think of any study not just from the beginning and thinking of a question but throughout the entire study yes you know just keep asking questions and stay curious yeah yeah Yeah, exactly Um, and keep finding those connections, you know, like, you know, I wasn't originally going to include attachment styles, but it turns out that's vital to the, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So it's like, um, the only way you're going to be able to, you know, test anything is if you keep asking those questions and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we ended on, we were talking about the, um, attachment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The attachment assessment. And then how are you looking at divorce? Yeah, so we created a demographic questionnaire, um, and for divorce, it's pretty straightforward. We asked, um, "Have you?" We asked a few questions like, "Have you ever been divorced?" Uh, and we asked like what their current relationship status was. Uh, we asked how many times they had been divorced and how many kids they had. Um, and then we also asked what were their reason, what their reasons for divorce was. So we'd have a question examining, uh, saying, you know, uh, out of all of these plus, uh, you know, other, you know, what would like click all of them that apply. apply. Yeah. And then we have another question with the same answers, but it says click the one that is most, you was most relevant to your divorce. Mm. Um, so we were kind of looking at those, um, you know, predict- common predictors of divorce and looking at what did they say those most common predictors was, were, but then we'll be comparing that to the ACEs results and stuff like that and the attachment styles and everything. Yeah. So, so on the back end uh, statistical analysis side, mm-hmm. you've got quite the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you've got quite the variable type and Mm -hmm. different uh scoring methods there so can you talk a little bit about what that was like or it will be like i guess yeah Yeah. so um since i just graduated um (laughs) my statistics is still you know i'm still getting there kind of learning so that's uh dr utley will be helping me a lot with that yeah part of it um I did, I did take advanced stats with her. So, I mean, You're well on your way. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Right. Yeah. That's uh, to like her credit. That was what that sent was me down. One of my favorite classes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I I told myself after my regular stats that I would never take a statistics class again. I was done. Yeah. And then Dr. Utley. Gotcha. She, not a, not a subtle again. It was, no. it was a show. She was like, "You're taking this class." Yes, you have to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes, yes. So um, I I will use some you know obviously some of the stuff we learned in that, but um, honestly, it's going to be a lot of taking it step by step, kind of learning some new processes for me for me yeah. personally. I love that, yeah. and also how it models the collaborative nature yeah. of research. Um, a lot of people. Uh, in thinking about research and thinking about so many of my students that are thinking about the process of research as this is like insurmountable. Yeah. I can't possibly do a research study because I don't know all of the parts. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just curious about this relationship. How do I go about actually investigating this thing and then doing the analysis to explore the hypotheses? Um, but that's where collaboration comes in. Oh yeah. Um, it's necessary. Yeah. yeah. I think how much, like knowledge and precision goes into just like the types of analysis that we're just 
like for me, I'm just like blank plugging into SPS, yeah. SPSS, which is like a statistical analysis software. There have there's a whole lineage of people who have just even studied the the mathematical equation of that that goes into it. Yeah. Yes, and then I have a certain paradigm of what I'm thinking could work, and then my experience is I bring other researchers in. And everybody's like, well, have you tried this method? Have you tried that method? Yeah, you're like, like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Didn't even think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't even know that somebody had spent years (laughs) trying that out. Yeah, yeah. And then it comes into a whole, a much more beautiful picture. Right, um, right. The beauty of that lineage. Did you have to uh, propose any statistical analyses? This is my own, like, selfish Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Did you have to, like... Um, I think I... Yeah, so in my uh, just, I think, research proposal... Yeah, that's where it would be. I'm pretty sure... Yeah, I talked to... uh, I'm pretty sure I just talked to Dr. Utley, and she was like, you're going to use this. (laughs) Great. That's what I'm putting in there. And how do you spell it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, But I was just talking to her the other day... um, and she like started throwing out new ideas of what we can, you know, what, yeah. oh, what yeah. tests we can use and whatever. And I'm just like, let's talk about this over coffee. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's slow this yeah, down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's really when I brought that up of just hearing the variables, their type, and how you were going to score them. Mm-hmm. The possibilities are seriously endless oh, yeah. on how you could measure and mm-hmm. compare them together you know the more variables you include in a statistical analysis the more powerful the analysis mm-hmm. has to be in order yeah. to handle that type of computation so that's really cool well and i'm excited because with so many variables i feel like there's going to definitely be something pop up that we weren't expecting you know yeah. like some kind of uh, correlation that you know i wasn't even didn't even have in mind so. yeah which spurs on future research oh and yeah all kinds sure, of curiousness sure. yeah <laughs> so what are you kind of planning to find? Like, what, what are you predicting to find? So um, I'm predicting that um, the adverse childhood experiences, so the higher the score um, on there, uh, it's pr- that's pretty easily scored one. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the yes. higher the score. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. 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 Um, adverse childhood yeah. experiences. <laughs> yeah. 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 Risk, risk, risk factor increases. Yeah. Um, so... The main one that we're looking at is just that the ACEs will be the best predictor out of all of them that we're examining um, for um, relationship satisfaction um, and for divorce rates. So, so in that first comparison, mm-hmm. uh, you're looking to see that the higher the ACE score, the lower, lower the satisfaction? The okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and then in their divorce, how are you going to compare those yeah so um the we're basically for the divorce part we're just kind of looking at um those who have been divorced compared to those who haven't 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 okay so that would be like inclusion criteria for different analyses Mm -hmm. yes if they've been divorced they're they're in this group if they haven't they'll be in this group group, yeah okay Mm -hmm. i see i see and then your relationship satisfaction would follow from there yes gotcha yeah very Mm -hmm. cool very cool what are you Making a well, I'm just kind of stoked on the idea of getting people to embrace one the curiosity, but also the fun. Mm-hmm. You said that phrase earlier. Of, I'm excited because we're going to discover something we didn't expect, mm-hmm. and I think that being like the core tenet of research yeah. as something that I think therapists and just humans alike can connect with. Of like, I think sometimes the unknown is very scary. Mm-hmm. But in research, there's this flavor of playfulness that allows the unknown to be what's going to guide and direct us into more discovery, which makes us 
more aware of ourselves, mm-hmm. more able to help each other. Like there's so much beauty that comes from finding what you don't expect. And I, yeah. I love that phrase. Yeah, definitely. Well, and before I did my first research project my junior year, I remember thinking, how am I supposed to come up with something that hasn't been looked at before? How yeah. am I, this is, that's impossible. Like that. And it's 2022. Yeah, like there's, like, there's, oh, there's everything's been looked at. Nothing you want to I started, you know, I did my first project and then I was like, oh my gosh, I have too many things now that I want to research <laughs> that, you know, <laughs> I can't do all this at the same time. Yes, yes. yes. One, yeah. I don't know if you experienced this, but as like when I did my first research study, like the idea that I had to be right. The good research was that you found some sort of statistical significance, uh, significance yeah. in your work, but then having that like profound relief at one point of like, oh wait, getting nothing is just as important as yeah. something. Just as meaningful. Yeah. Which yeah. was like such a free I feel like we're always advocating for the the posture of research as like more artful. Yeah. Than it's a wedding it's, of art and yes, science, not yeah. like science says you have to be right all the time. That's yeah, not true. That's not true. It's super important to miss it. Yeah. Because yeah. like in your ex- example is such a great one. Like let's say you don't find mm-hmm. the correlation that you're looking for right. that actually high aces has no relationship with their yeah. relational satisfaction or their divorce. Yeah, it's great like, news for people with high aces scores. <laughs> yeah, like maybe this isn't one area that you have to worry about. <laughs> like, yeah. one, one less thing. One that's, less amazing. Thing. that's amazing. But <laughs> also, my brain would go to like, what are some moderating factors that could shift? That's what I was like, just yeah. going to say. Therapy, what sort of healing practices, spiritual mm-hmm. practices, religious practices. Yeah. In- How well are you connected to others? like not just in your intimate partner relationships but your friendships your work satisfaction what's all of that like your education yeah yeah definitely Mm -hmm. so what are you what are you making of all this i was talking about it now like yeah oh just gets me excited all over again you know i've been working on this project i mean if you count at the beginning of starting my paper for probably close to a year now so yeah it's uh it's nice that i'm finally getting the data and like getting close to being able to con- like see what yeah is what comes of it so yeah. yeah do you have a data like gathering cutoff point yeah so we put um in the irb that we would be done by august 1st so we got yeah. a, about a month left um and we honestly weren't planning on going that long we were just put that just in case but then you know summer came and we were like oh i gotta keep collecting very cool so there and you can make this invitation mm-hmm. as well but this is an ongoing study mm-hmm. and so even as the listener they can be a part of your study oh yeah yeah as long as you're um 18 or older <laughs> 18 or older yeah. okay yeah uh, so what if you could just like talk with like to the listener yeah um of why they should participate in the mm-hmm. study and what like could come of it for right. you even in fin- like finalizing your study and mm-hmm. getting it out there this is your opportunity to gently push people into <laughs> to, to, to yeah. have the ugly experience <laughs> yeah like, go everybody needs the ugly experience everyone needs the ugly experience yeah. Um, yeah well okay for me personally you know give myself a little shout out yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah it would be really cool um, just to get more quality research behind me 
um, not only for my own like academic or you know future academic career, but also we're planning um, if all goes well to present this at a conference in at the end of the year uh, down in New Orleans. Oh, cool. Um, so you know that would be really great uh, to have quality research to show there and everything. Yeah. Um, but in the realm of just psychology in general and your own benefit, I think that it's very beneficial to know, not, uh, even if, like you said, there isn't a correlation, like if there is, it would be super beneficial to know that, you know, you may not be able to change what happened to you, um, as a child and everything like that, but knowing the circumstances or knowing your statistics going forward and, what you can do personally to um, try and change that, break that cycle, mm -hmm. I think is really important. So, you know, knowing if adverse childhood experiences do increase your risk of uh, lower relationship satisfaction or divorce, higher divorce rate, you can really kind of be aware of that and with what you do and how you um, approach certain situations and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I think of, the idea of encapsulating like all of the cool things that we get to talk about on this podcast yeah. have been dependent upon thousands of thousands of people saying, you can study me. Like I'll be open for mm -hmm. reveal, yeah. but in like an anonymous way, yeah. so there's really no like yeah. negative downside to it. Right. Really, it's this opportunity mm -hmm. for the human race to, to learn more about itself. About itself. I love it's that. Like, there's nothing more frustrating than being a researcher and being like, I have something so cool. It's so meaningful. That we could discover together. But no one will click but on this no link. And yeah. It's so frustrating. It takes like yeah. 10 minutes tops. Yeah. Like. Yeah. You feel like yeah. you have to like apologize for yeah. like, I swear, I'm not, just a yeah. minute of your time. Yeah. So yeah. It's a whole nother like dynamic. Am I a salesman? No. Yes. Like, yeah. my, last, my last study, we, uh, I was just getting people from on campus around it, and uh, I was like, "Oh, this will be easy. I'm on a, the track team. Right. I can, I can just get all my my the, whole team, all, all my friends." It. Yeah. No, they were yeah. like, "That yeah. sounds boring. Uh, I don't want to do that." <laughs> I'm like, well, "That's great." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Humanity. Yeah, that's what we're doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 yeah. crazy. Also, I think for clinicians. Your clinician listening to this podcast, the opportunity to sort of jump into what we may like expect and just des and desire from clients to like learn more of how we can help better mm -hmm. um, and even help ourselves as yeah. ongoing healers. The action research side uh, of this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, such a cool opportunity to do that in a low stakes way and, mm -hmm. and jump into the field and the beauty of helping each other. And this is just like a different avenue. Um, yeah. Do you think you'll take this topic further? Oh, yeah. I definitely do. Um, For the listeners, there was like a, a very like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like in her body, like, like she was like, it's like, oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. My, so obviously, I have a lot of time to change my career goal. But right now, what I'm super interested in is working in a prison system with inmates um, with specifically trauma. Um, and so that idea of trauma and ACE is super relevant. I find it so interesting and I think it's really going to be an avenue into, um, learning so much more about psychology and health in general. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot more to learn and study on this topic. Yeah. So. Love how 
rounded that conceptualization of health Mm -hmm. becomes when we start talking about what implications trauma really has Mm -hmm. on the developing organism. Um, The relationship side has always fascinated me as well. Um, I think there's so much that we could spin up. I'm aware of the time, but so much that we could spin up on around why uh, trauma affects relationships. We've Mm -hmm. talked about that on this podcast pretty much every episode, episode I'm pretty sure. Whatever we're on. Whatever we're on. Um, But in every way, uh, you know, our brain and body and our emergent mind are shaped in relationship. And when those relationships encounter trauma, that really uh, sets us down uh, a long developmental path of adaptation and strategy. So, (laughs) yeah. Well, thank you so much for your... Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Making time for the podcast. I know it's... I'm sure it's kind of a strange experience, but... No, it's nice. I was just like... Just talking with the bros. That's right. <laughs> talking with the bros. Couple of research bros. That's yeah. right. Fellow yeah. nerds. That's right. Fellow <laughs> research. This is nerds. this is what Bridger and I talk about at like family functions. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Everyone else is just like. Eh. They're talking about like the Chiefs. And, yeah. Oh yeah, the Chiefs. Which grandma. that you know yeah. the Chiefs are important, but to each his own. To each his own. But we might be talking about neuroscience and trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I, I mean. <laughs> I'd love a Thanksgiving dinner just filled with nerds. Yeah, what about trauma? What's for dessert? So, anyway. Yeah, so anyway, everything's trauma. trauma. Everything. Everything. <laughs> Every symptom you can think of is, tra- is trauma. <laughs> yeah, the whole DSM. Anyway, <laughs> personal agendas aside. Uh, yeah, so for those listening, uh, the link to Andrew's study will be in the show notes, and then uh, you have until... August 1st yeah. uh, August to take the study. So uh, please, be sure. Please, please. Yeah, please. Pretty, pretty, Further. That's right. With a cherry on top. Yeah, it's for humanity. Not coercive. Let's just be no, honest. Not coercive if the RV yeah. is listening. No, no, no. Not coercive. Not coercive. No, 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 no. It's just invitation. Yeah. It's just natural. And you can stop at any time. Yeah. You don't have yeah. to take. You don't yeah, have there's to There's a uh, would rather not answer button on all the questions. Look at that. Yeah. Literally freedom. no barriers. You don't have to be too seen yeah you can only be seen you know as much as you want to be seen. right yeah. that's healing exactly. drama right there that is healing that's good <laughs> for you buddy uh so thank you so much for listening uh to the episode and we will uh we'll see you along the journey yeah. stay curious we hope that you've enjoyed this podcast episode and that it will help you stay curious and create community around discussing the research that matters most to clinicians and researchers If you're curious to learn more about something you heard today, check out our website at www.beyondhealingcenter.com and go to the trainings tab for more information on our upcoming case conceptualization trainings and community events. You can also contact us by emailing trainings at beyondhealingcenter.com. If you want to stay connected, please subscribe to this podcast for more episodes. Leave us a review and follow us on social media by searching the Evidence-Based Therapist Podcast. This podcast is a project of Beyond Healing Media, a media creation group committed to creativity, community, and embracing the beauty of being human. If you like this podcast, you might also like the other podcasts of Beyond Healing Media. Notice That is an EMDR podcast hosted by Andrea-approved consultants and trainers who use EMDR in their practice. Beyond Trauma is an educational podcast on the journey of trauma therapy and what it means to be humans who have been hurt, 
but are learning to recover and grow, living the life we all want of safety and connection. The Burnout Educator is an interview-style podcast that invites stories from people across the spectrum of the educational system and seeks to see the human inside the role they play. It is our desire that you see parts of your story and those around you in the stories you hear.